As we prepare to hear our scripture reading this morning, uh, parents and guardians, I would invite you to uh, gather your children to the screen so that they can hear our scripture reading this morning and so that they can then participate in our sermon time. Um, today we continue our journey through the book of Acts and follow that uh, growth of the early church and those early disciples as they carry Jesus's message into the world. And two weeks ago, we heard the story of Jesus appearing to his disciples after the resurrection and commissioning them to uh, be his witnesses, to be those who would go out and tell and share the story of God's love and peace and justice and mercy in the world. And so now the disciples are trying to live into that, trying to figure out what it means um, to reach out and love to the world. And so let us listen today uh, for the word of God. A reading based on Acts 3, 1 through 11. It was a few weeks after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus had already visited his disciples in Jerusalem, and he told them to be his witnesses, to go out and tell and show people about God's love. Now they're trying to figure out how to do that. Peter, John, and the other disciples, as well as some of Jesus' friends and family, were there, were still in Jerusalem. Other people who decided to follow Jesus were there. As a group, they shared their food and their money. They had meals together. They prayed together. They were later called the first church. One afternoon, Peter and John went into the temple to pray. They entered the temple through a gate called the Beautiful Gate. At the entrance of the Beautiful Gate, said a man who couldn't walk. Every day, his friends brought him to the temple to beg for money and food. As Peter and John went through the beautiful gate, the man asked them for money. Peter and John looked closely at the man, and Peter said to him, Look at us. The man looked at them, expecting to receive something. Peter said to him, I don't have any money but I want to give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And Peter took the man's hand and helped him stand up. The man's feet and ankles became strong and he jumped to his feet and started to walk around. Then the man went into the temple with Peter and John, something they had never been able to do on his own before. And he walked, and he ran, and even jumped, and he said thank you to God. Some of the people in the temple recognized the man. They knew he was the one who used to sit at the gate and beg for money. They were amazed and astonished at what had happened to him. The man threw his arms around Peter and John, others gathering around them, and the disciples began to tell the story of Jesus in the temple. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, good morning, friends. It is really good to be together with you this morning in worship. And as we come to our sermon time, um, today our faith development director, Katie Diaz, and I are going to be leading our sermon time together. As we think about um, what it means to be God's Easter people and what it means to um, reach out to the world in this time of global pandemic. 
And one thing that we know about this time is that we are in a time of deep change, that the ways that we have done things, whether that's church or school or our work, um, they're changing and the old ways aren't working for us the same way they were. And, and we're trying to figure out um, what's emerging. We're trying to see what's new and how will we move forward um, in our lives today. And in many ways, this parallels what is happening in our scripture story as we follow the growth of the early church. Um, those early disciples had just been through a huge upheaval the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and it had upended their lives as they um, had to think about um, what are the new ways that they are going to be a community of faith when they don't have their leader with them in the same way that they did before. And what we heard in the first part of the reading is that um, at the very beginning, they, they basically turned inward. We know even during um, Jesus' crucifixion, they went off to an upper room, even in his resurrection, that's where they found him, that's where Jesus found them, that they were um, kind of circling the wagons and taking care of themselves and grieving their losses and trying to figure out where do they go from here. And I think in many ways that parallels our own experience um, as we have adjusted to life with um, the coronavirus, that at first it was very much a crisis reaction that that fight or flight where we um, needed to turn inward, we needed to take care of ourselves, we needed to protect our families, we uh, sheltered in place, we're still sheltering in place. Um, and we as a church had to quickly adjust and make changes, learn how to do worship online, um, put in systems so that we could take care of each other. And for many of us that immediate sense of crisis has um, passed uh, but now we're, we're wondering, now what? Um, how do we move forward? Um, how do we continue to be the church? For us, our theme this year is reaching out. And so now the question becomes, how do we reach out in this time of global pandemic? And how do we continue to be the church when we can't do it in the same ways um, that we have done before, where we physically aren't leaving our houses in the same way, or uh, we can't reach out um, to others uh, in the ways that we're used to doing. And so I think actually our scripture reading is a really helpful tool for us um, to think about how we do this in our lives. And the story we hear this morning is um, the first action story, the first healing story, it's the first way that the disciples uh, begin to share Jesus's message in the world. And it's a healing story, which is also the way Jesus started his own ministry with a healing story. And I think this um, lesson can be really instructive for us in terms of how we um, think about what it means to reach out to our world today. So I'm gonna share my screen with you so that we can talk through um, some of these ideas together. And as I said, uh, basically the, the disciples are learning how to be the church, um, to live into a new normal, that the old ways have changed, the new ways are still emerging. And so they start with this um, healing. And three things are really important about this healing that I think are instructive for us. The first is that the healing takes place in the course of their daily lives. That in this story, Peter and John are going to the temple, which is the place where they would go for prayer each day. And they are essentially continuing to live out their, their daily lives in faith. 
And it's um, when they're on their way to the temple that they encounter this man. So this isn't some extreme thing that they're doing. They're not going way out of their way. This is just happens as part and parcel of their daily life. And I think for us, um, there are a lot of ways that we can reach out still in the midst of our daily lives and still in uh, while we're at our own homes or even just in our own front yards. As they encounter the man, um, it's very clear in the story that Peter and John uh, see him. It says that they looked closely at him and they asked him uh, to look at us. That there's a real sense in that as they look at this man, they are seeing the whole person and they are seeing the whole need, the deep need. Um, you can think about this if you ever are driving along and you see someone on a street corner or at an intersection holding up a sign that says need help or will work for food. Often our instinct is to turn away. It's not to look at them because to, to really see them means um, we will have to engage or we will have to respond um, or choose not to respond. And so this is a story that invites us to think about how do we really see the need in our world and how do we see the need in people. And I think um, right now in this time of pandemic, we are um, learning how to really see people's needs, um, to see the needs that people have very physically as they are ill, but also to see the needs of our immediate neighbors in new ways, and also to see some of the systemic needs as we are learning about some of the injustices in our world that um, our coronavirus is exposing. And so this is an opportunity for us to really see the big picture and to look at um, what the needs are in our world. And what Peter and John realize as they look at this man who can't walk is that he, not, he doesn't just need a handout, right? He needs a hand up and he needs to be um, brought back into fullness and to, and to healing and to restoration. And so the third thing that's really important is that um, Peter and John offer what they have um, for the good of this man and for the good of his healing and his wholeness. And uh, even though the man asked for money, they say, we don't have money, but what we do have, we will give you. And what they offer him is um, their faith. It's their, um, the power of God. And it's the trust that God um, can heal this person. And as we hear in the story, um, the man is lifted up and he begins to walk again and, and praise God. And so I think what this shows us is that um, each of us has something that we can offer. It may be different for each of us, but each of us has been equipped with gifts or with talents or with money or with time that we can share um, for the good of others. As we think about the story, one thing I just want to highlight is that even though the man in this story is physically healed, um, we know that healing does not always mean a cure. And kids, you know this too, if you ever get a cut, um, you know it may heal, but you still have a scar. It doesn't mean everything goes back just to the way it was, but rather healing is about seeking wholeness and seeking restoration. And for this man, he was able to get up and go into the temple, which he'd never been able to do before. One, because he physically couldn't, because he couldn't walk, but also because there were parts of the temple that he wouldn't be allowed into because of his disability. And so this is about restoring um, joy and connection and interconnectedness and really um, seeing the ways 
um, that we need each other, that we need relationship, that we need um, wholeness. As God's people, um, we are called to reach out and to seek healing and wholeness and the restoration of the world. And so the question I think that looms for us now is how do we do this? And how do we find those ways to reach out when um, we have to do it in different ways, um, when we're not even sure what all the future holds, uh, but I think there's still ways that we can be the church and that at any age or any stage of our life, there are ways that we can participate in healing and restoration and wholeness for, um, for others, for ourselves, and for the world around us. And so um, as we were thinking about this service um, and then talking a bit with Katie, we talked about and realized that there are a lot of ways um, that we can be the church. There are a lot of ways that we are already doing that. And so we wanted to share some ideas with you. And these are um, both things that people are already doing. Um, these are also things that you and your family may want to decide to do. And all of them are things that we can do now um, as part uh, of healing and something that we can do from our own homes. And so Katie and I are just going to walk through a few of these and uh, hopefully there are some that will um, touch you and be a way to think about how you can reach out to others. So one of the ways that you can reach out during this time is by thanking people. I know that I have so many people right now who I am feeling very appreciative of, from healthcare workers to my roommate who I live with. I am feeling grateful for the people in my life who are making this hard time just a little bit easier. And I'm sure you can think of some people too. And there's a plenty of different ways that you can thank people. There's big ways and small ways. I know around my neighborhood, I've seen some signs thanking healthcare workers. So you could make one of those or even writing someone a little thank you note. Maybe it's a healthcare worker or maybe for the kids, maybe your teacher um, would be a good person to write a thank you note to, or just someone who you're living with in your household, just to show that you're grateful for them and you're grateful that, for them being there with you. It's important to take time to show appreciation because it spreads joy to our hearts. Um, it makes us feel good and it makes the people we're thanking feel good. Yes, and along with appreciation, um, being creative and giving gifts is another way that we can reach out to others. And um, all of us have the ability to be creative. That's something that feeds us and it certainly uh, can cheer up somebody around us. So in addition to cards, we can make something for somebody, whether it's a craft, as you can see in these pictures, or whether it's a, a sheet of brownies for somebody or a flower arrangement that offering those gifts reminds us of our connectedness and helps bring um, joy and healing to the lives of those around us. Another thing that we can do is sew masks. Um, right now we're being encouraged to wear masks when we go out and about. And um, it, so we are not taking away from maybe um, 
doctors and nurses who need these masks, we can make our own. Um, right here, we have Karen York actually making some masks herself in her own home. Um, and you can do this too. Um, lots of places are actually donating masks and you could do that as well if you make some masks for yourself and make some to share as well. Um, this can help keep us all a little bit safer and healthier um, during this time. There's also a lot of ways that you can reach out to your neighbors. Um, this uh, example is from Mary Cox and Carol Silva. They've created an I Spy game in their front yard so that people walking by, especially uh, kids, can enjoy looking for the hidden objects um, in their neighborhood. And I can say as, uh, as a parent, this kind of stuff is really fun and engaging for our kids. I know in my neighborhood, many people have taken to painting rocks and leaving them around um, for kids to find. There's all kinds of ways that we can reach out to our neighbors and help us stay connected. And again, it brings just a sense of joy and a sense of connection as we move through this time of isolation. Another fun way that you can um, help yourself move through this time is to plant a garden. Not only will it keep you a little busier, but it also brings healing to our earth. We talked about last Sunday how much we love our planet. And um, one way that we can nurture it is by planting gardens. It brings joy to creation and to ourselves as they're beautiful to look at. Um, and you can grow flowers, which are really pretty, but you can also grow food um, and you can share in both of those things by maybe giving somebody else some flowers or sharing some vegetables that you've grown in your own garden. And uh, not only can we grow our own vegetables, but we can eat them too. And one of the things that we're seeing right now is how connected um, we are and how coronavirus is also impacting our food supply and our food chain. And so one of the ways that we can bring healing to our bodies, to creation and to others is just um, eating aware of where our food comes from. Uh, you may have seen this week that um, there have been outbreaks in, of coronavirus in a lot of food processing plants. Um, this week, the presidential administration also signed an executive order requiring um, the meatpacking um, industries to stay open. And um, this is at great risk to many of the workers who are there. And so to the extent that we can be aware of where our food comes from, that we can source our food uh, locally, that we can uh, source our food from places that treat animals humanely, um, it helps us to bring healing to God's creation, to um, our, ourselves and to the people especially who are many vulnerable people who are working in the meatpacking plants or other food processing plants, uh, that it just helps us uh, care for everyone in our community. Another great way that we can care for people in our community is by giving our money. And we don't have to give large amounts. You can just fill up a savings jar. And as that money accumulates, you can pass it off to an organization that needs it, whether it be like the Oregon Food Bank or Meals on Wheels. Um, your money can go a long way in helping someone else um, be a little bit better off, um, which is nice. And you can also give your money to the church. Um, the church 
does a lot of different things to support other organizations, but we also um, are trying to support people within our own community a little more directly. Um, we have some really awesome funds set aside in our church to help people out with rental expenses, gas, groceries, whatever they may need. And your money can help aid in um, making that happen. In addition to money, um, there are also ways that you can give of your time. That if you are in a place where you are healthy and feel like you um, can safely go out, there are opportunities to volunteer at this time to help others. So organizations like the Oregon Food Bank, uh, Meals on Wheels, Operation Night Watch are all um, receiving volunteers and using volunteers to help um, serve those most vulnerable in our community. Um, many of you are also buying groceries for friends or for families, but even checking in with neighbors when you're on your way to the grocery store to find out if there's anything they need can be a big help. And even at church, we have uh, folks coming to help in the gardens, uh, to pull ivy in um, the back wetlands area. And there are opportunities to, um, to be out and to serve. And so if you're interested, um, you can sign up online uh, for those organizations. And you can also, uh, you can come by the church anytime and also we'll publish um, some, some set times when we have uh, folks that will be practicing uh, social distancing IV pulling. You can also give your blood. Um, right now, the Red Cross is continuing to do regular blood drives all around the Portland metro area, but there is going to be one blood drive at LOUCC, um, and it's hosted by Beit Havarim um, on May 29th, um, and you can sign up at the um, redcrossblood.org, and um, if that time and data doesn't work for you, like I said before, they're all over um, the Portland metro area right now, so there's just another opportunity for you to give during this time. Another way that we can reach out in healing um, is through education and advocacy, and then particularly to learn about some of the systemic injustice. Um, one thing that coronavirus has exposed is a lot of the inequalities in our communities, um, and particularly how African-Americans and Latinx populations are disproportionately affected as are lower income communities, immigrant communities. And so um, to better understand how all these things tie together is, is an important opportunity for healing and is an important way that we see the big picture and help to understand um, how the systems are in place that are feeding these inequalities. One very concrete way that we can um, educate and advocate is tomorrow night at Respond to Racism. Uh, this group that usually meets at our church will be meeting online via Zoom. Uh, tomorrow night they're hosting a guest, a clinical psychologist named Dr. Jim Sanders. He's gonna be talking about how the coronavirus impacts those um, with mental and physical health conditions, particularly those that stem from um, years of systemic racism. And so this is a great opportunity uh, to learn and you can sign up online RSVP for that meeting to get the Zoom link at respondtoracism.org. There are also a lot of other ways um, to reach out, uh, including um, contacting your representatives. Um, this week was the Ecumenical Advocacy Days, which is a nationwide gathering of leaders and people of faith that typically happens in Washington, D.C. Um, this week it happened over Zoom, but it's normally a time when, um, as people of faith, we come together to ask 
specific things of our uh, representatives in Washington. And um, this year, there was um, just a recognition, again, of the ways that we're seeing racial injustice, economic injustice, environmental injustice um, as part of the coronavirus and what it's highlighting for us. And so um, there's a really great webinar that you can view at advocacydays.org um, that really talk about how um, you know, communities of color are affected um, by coronavirus, that um, this is part of um, ongoing issues with um, lack of healthcare opportunities, lack of economic opportunities, um, lack of uh, educational opportunities. And so what they have asked as part of Advocacy Days is that we contact our legislators and that there are both short-term and long-term asks um, that as Congress passes any relief packages, that there are specific stipulations about how to uh, support communities of color, about how to work um, for those communities that experience an ongoing economic uh, injustice or environmental concerns, and that there are ways that um, we promote the health of creation um, as we seek to um, eradicate the coronavirus. So if you go to advocacydays.org, again, you can watch a webinar. It will take you right to um, a letter that you can send to your representatives asking for these short and long-term uh, asks for the relief packages. And then the picture is uh, when I sent my letters uh, this week, the, the screen that came up, thank you for supporting God's people and God's creation. And so it's, a, again, an easy way to reach out and help make a difference. Another way that you can reach out and help make a difference is by voting. Um, if you're old enough, you can register to vote and um, participate on May 19th in the Oregon primary. Um, specifically, there's one thing that you can vote on that could really um, do a lot to help our community. Um, measure 26-210 is the Here Together measure. Um, and it just is aiming to provide support for um, people experiencing homelessness and maybe even to reduce homelessness in um, the Portland metro area. Um, it just uses um, some tax dollars to provide systems and services that will um, help those in need who are maybe um, experiencing homelessness right now and looking for a way out of that. And then never underestimate the power of prayer. That one of the things um, that as people of faith that we can do is pray. We can pray for each other. We can pray for our leaders. We can pray for uh, those who are sick. We can pray for healthcare workers. Um, we can pray for the courage to make the changes uh, that we need as a society to um, help others. We can pray for uh, the changes we need to do personally um, to, to help um, reach out and to offer more healing to our world. And we can pray for healing for ourselves. Um, so that's always something that we have at our disposal. It's always a way that we can connect with God and connect with others. Another um, fun way that we can reach out is through a random acts of kindness jar. And this is something you can make um, together with um, other people in your house. Um, and you can brainstorm some different random acts of kindness. Um, we'll also provide a link so uh, 
you can have some ideas as well. Um, and what you'll do is you'll just write these ideas down on strips of paper and you place them in a jar. And then once a week, or maybe even daily, you can pick a piece of paper and then go do whatever random act of kindness that is. This is just a simple little, day, little way to maybe ingrain um, kindness into some of your daily or weekly rhythms. Um, and it's super easy to participate in. Well, friends, we are God's Easter people. And these are just some of the ways that we can reach out to others in our community. You obviously have more ideas and there may be ways that you are reaching out in different ways. Uh, but God invites us to be part of the healing and the wholeness and the restoration of the world. And so even though we're in a time where we don't know exactly what the future will hold, um, we can still reach out and we can still share God's light and love and healing for others and for creation. So I hope some of these ideas have inspired you. I hope you'll share your ideas with us at, at coffee hour or in other ways. And may we continue to be the people who reach out in love toward others. Amen. <laughs>